change is inevitable. You can plan all you want, but what's even more important is doing as good a job as you can do right here, right now. Lots of examples throughout the day where you're feeling some sort of pressure. How do you perform? How do you perform your best? That's one way to do it. Just have fun. What is it that you have that you're interested in and you need to figure that out about the, with the person that you're trying to engage? So do it on their terms, do it on their turf, and it's not small talk anymore. Whatever struggles I've had, you know, starting businesses that have failed or, you know, struggling in this way or that way, nothing compared to someone being on a ventilator. There are lots of people out there to help you along the way. So don't be afraid. It starts with a desire to surround yourself with people who are going to uplift you rather than people who are going to bring you down. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success podcast. I'm super excited to have you guys here. If you're new to the show, thank you for listening in. My name is Peter Jumrukovsky. I'm a world karate medalist, author, and the host of the I Love Success podcast. My goal here on the show is that you take something with you and create a better life. My big fat mission is to help at least 10 million people in 10 years to go after their dreams. I can't do that myself. That's why I have amazing guests on and people like you listening to the show. Please, if you do enjoy the show, share it with somebody that needs to hear this message or give us a review, send me an email, text, or hit me up on social media. Tell me what you're struggling with and where you want to go in life. We want to be part of your journey. I want to help. Uh, with that being said, let me introduce this week's guest, a baseball fanatic. <laughs> He's also a great leader, businessman, and host of a fellow podcast called 30 Minute Mentors. This guy has interviewed over 300 people that are thought leaders in their industries, athletes, entrepreneurs, and a lot of other cool people. So feels like a, a brother in a sense. We're doing the same thing. We're on the same mission. And I'm super excited to be here today with Adam Mendler. Welcome to the I Love Success podcast. Peter, fired up to be here, man. Excited. Uh, my only regret is I didn't realize that when we were talking about this off air, I didn't realize we would be doing video. So my apologies to anyone who has to look at me and you know, I would have shaved. I <laughs> don't know about my strategy, just wearing a you know, black polo here. And But other than that, man, I'm fired up because I get to spend the next 45 minutes to an hour chatting with you and chatting with your audience. What better way to spend a money Monday morning than that. Awesome. Yeah. And you, you look good, man. Um, <laughs> can't, can't complain. And it, it's so funny that the whole thing with shaving, my, my dad always grew up, like you shave every morning and I've never, I never gone that far yet. I usually shave twice a week because I love having a little bit of beard, but my wife doesn't want to kiss me. And when that happens, I do shave. And so are you one of those uh, guys that shave every morning? Definitely not. So I haven't shaved. Today is Monday. The last time I shaved was Wednesday of last week, which is probably about average. I probably shave. The truth is it really depends on how often I'm meeting with people. So 
during this uh, weird period that we're in right now, where you're really not meeting with people all that often. And when you are, you usually have a face mask on. So shaving has been a lot less frequent than usual. But in the pre-coronavirus period, I would probably shave about twice a week. I was definitely not an everyday shaver. <laughs> One of the great things about being an entrepreneur is that you don't have to shave every day. So I would strategically time my shaving so that I would only shave when I had to. And I'm not a huge fan of shaving, but honestly, on a day when I would be interviewed by a luminary like yourself, I would shave because this is important, man. I mean, this is an important moment. This is an important occasion. I would honor you. I would honor your audience. I would honor your listeners by shaving. So no disrespect to anyone tuning into this podcast for having to look at my unshaven face. It was really just a miscommunication. So one of the things I tell audiences that I speak to is one of the most important things for a leader to be successful is to be a great communicator, to be an effective communicator. And I failed this morning on the communications test. So, so far, uh, I'm in a little bit of a deficit, but maybe we can make up. <laughs> I think I failed because I never told you it was it was a video. I, I kind of... Uh, I just took it for granted, which which is crazy when we were talking about a podcast, which is technically the, the modern version of a radio show, right? Uh, thinking about that and how you do anything is how you do everything, right? And I, I love what you talked about, like having respect for the audience, showing up for a meeting. Can we just talk a little bit about that? What do you see in young leaders today that want to take it to the next level, what are they lacking? What do they need more of to be more successful? Peter, it's an interesting question. And I like to frame it a little bit differently. I think that all too often, young people, and I'm 37 right now, so I'm an old millennial. And to some people, I would be considered old. To some people, I would be considered young to some people I'd be considered just right. But I I don't like being critical of people of any ages. So I I don't like going into audiences of college students or high school students or young professionals, emerging leaders, um, and being derogatory, looking down and saying, you don't have enough of this, or you're not doing this well. I like to look at it a little bit differently and try to be constructive and try to ask the question of, um, you know, what can we do better? What are things that as young emerging developing leaders, uh, we may not have learned yet. And the reality is that I can tell you in my own personal experience, I went to two of the best schools in the country. I did my undergrad at USC. I got my MBA at UCLA, but, and I had great experience at both schools. I went to business school at both universities. But I did most of my learning in the School of Hard Knocks. And I think that's where most of us do our learning. So it's no disrespect to anyone of any age. I think that as you get older and as you learn by doing, and in my case, not only learning by doing, but learning by interviewing and connecting with and speaking with so many of America's top leaders, as you mentioned, as you were introducing me, I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of America's top leaders and have asked them these very questions. So there are a number of things that I think emerging leaders can 
do to become more successful. The truth is we could spend an entire podcast on this topic. But if I'm just going to name a couple of things for you and for your listeners, we can start off with, first and foremost, before you can effectively lead others, you need to be able to lead your own life. And I think that all too often, we run before we walk. We spend a lot of time thinking forward before we think in the present. One of the uh, earliest podcast interviews I did for 30 Minute Mentors, it was actually the second episode. I'm about to hit uh, episode number 50. And uh, thanks, buddy. And um, episode number two was uh, an interview with Dan Helfrich, who's the CEO of Deloitte Consulting. And one of the questions I asked Dan was, and for listeners who aren't familiar with Deloitte Consulting, uh, one of the most prestigious, prominent consulting firms in the country. It's a company that just about every business student, college, or undergrad wants to work for. And one of the questions I asked Dan was, how did you become the CEO of Deloitte Consulting? And his answer to me was, I became the CEO of Deloitte Consulting because I never aspired to be the CEO of Deloitte Consulting. I never tried to be the CEO of Deloitte Consulting. I was so laser focused in my job, succeeding in what I was doing in my role in the moment that by excelling in each of the tasks I was given at that very moment, I ultimately got promoted and promoted and promoted and promoted until I became CEO. And as an emerging leader, I think it's extremely important, first and foremost, to truly understand who you are. I'm a firm believer that almost all of us, certainly I am, bad at most things in life. And accepting that we're bad at most things in life, understanding that we're good at a few things, but we all have that one thing that we're exceptional at, understanding what that is about you, understanding what your superpower is, embracing it, making that the driving element of what you do, and then focusing on the moment, focusing on the present. Yes, it's important to have a strategic plan, but understanding that change is inevitable. You can plan all you want, but what's even more important is doing as good a job as you can do right here, right now. I love that. And I think it's so easy to forget that because we are always looking ahead, a lot of us, and we we forget the present moment. And we also forget to have fun in the present moment. I look at myself as an athlete. Uh, when I performed the best, I was in the moment. I wasn't focusing on winning the competition or meddling or whatever it was. I was only focused on this very moment uh, when I had the opponent in front of me. And that those times I performed the best and I, and I enjoyed the most as well. So I want to start Peter, kind Peter, of, right. I can tell you that I was an athlete too, and I was an athlete on many losing teams. So clearly the teams that we played against were very good at embracing the moment because they knew how to win against us. So I learned a lot about losing. And yeah. to your point, one of the guests who I interviewed, I've had a lot of athletes on my podcast. I've had NFL Hall of Famers, I've had NBA Hall of Famers, great baseball players, Olympic gold medalists. But I actually wanted to build on your point, Peter. One of my guests 
is uh, was a uh, is is was still struggling with the English language, much to the chagrin of my mom, uh, who still likes to correct me whenever I make a grammatical mistake. But one of my guests was Chris Tomlin, and Chris Tomlin, really interesting guy, Grammy Award winner, one of the few artists in the history of music and. Music has been around for a long time. To have over a billion digital streams. He's had over 20 number one hit songs on the radio. We're talking about a guy whose music is popular at an extreme level. And one of the questions that I asked Chris was, how do you perform under pressure? Just about every concert that Chris has performed at over the course of recent memory, my recent memory, Chris's recent memory is sold out. And we're talking about massive venues. There's not an empty seat where Chris performs. And I asked him, how do you perform under pressure? What do you do? And it's a question I ask a lot of my guests. And Chris gave me a, a long answer. It was really interesting. Every word of it was interesting. Anyone interested in this answer, tune into the podcast because I can't give it justice. But one of the things he told me is that he learned that the most important thing that he can do is do what his audience is doing, which is have fun. His audience is there to have fun. His audience is there to enjoy the moment. His audience is there to experience it, to embrace it, to soak it in, and most of all, to enjoy themselves. So as the performer, he has to embrace that too. And by embracing it, by remembering most of all, to simply have fun, that was how he learned how to ultimately perform under pressure. And um, really interesting perspective that any one of us, whether we're performing to sold out audiences or whether we're Whatever we're doing in our lives, we're experiencing some level of pressure. Again, you could be negotiating a deal and in a high stakes negotiation, you're feeling some sort of pressure. You could be in a meeting with your boss and feeling pressure. Lots of examples throughout the day where you're feeling some sort of pressure. How do you perform? How do you perform your best? That's one way to do it. Just have fun. I love that, uh, Adam. And what I'm curious is, where did this interest for learning from other people start? Because I know for myself, it started from pain and, and not knowing. So I'm kind of curious, where, where did this journey start for you being curious and asking other people all these questions? Peter, great question. And I've always been fortunate to, from a very young age, I've always been fortunate to be able to connect with people in a pretty seamless way. Um, it stems from having a natural interest, an innate interest in people. I love people. I love building relationships with people. And I love learning from people. I love people's stories. I love the differences between people. I love the uniqueness. I love just at the end of the day, Whoever you are, if I have the opportunity to spend some time with you, 
Uh, I want to learn from you. I want to become your friend. And it's just something that I've had that in me from the time I was a little kid. Uh, Dating back to a very, very young age, I developed friendships with people my parents' age, which was kind of unusual, but they they were real friendships. And you mentioned in the beginning of the show that I have this just deep passion for baseball. And as a little kid, I just remember uh, I could have been seven, eight, nine years old and having conversations with people in their 40s and 50s about baseball. And they were like, who is this eight-year-old kid talking to me at an adult level? And it's sort of when I have conversations with my three-year-old niece right now, (laughs) she talks like an adult and it's kind of eerie, but that's how I was. And I couldn't talk about that. About It wasn't like I was communicating on all kinds of subjects, but on baseball, I could. And that really carried over. And I've always had this interest in other people, and it morphed into what I'm doing now. Um, I've also always had a deep passion for leadership. Uh, I've led in different forms and fashions from a very young age, really dating back to grade school. And the marriage between my passion for people and passion for leadership has led to the initially the interview series, Lessons in Leadership, where I've interviewed hundreds of America's top leaders and now 30-minute mentors, where each week I go one-on-one with one of the most successful people in the country for 30 minutes on how they got to the top and how listeners can get to the top as well. So at the end of the day, it also really ties into a big message that I try to convey to audiences, which is understand what it is that you're passionate about, understand what it is that you're good at, and understand how you can make a positive impact in the lives of others. And if you can find something that allows you to check off all three of those boxes, you know you found it. It doesn't feel like work. You can do it at any time in the day, you can do it all day and all night. And all that, all that happens is you feel energized. So this conversation with you, Peter, um, you know, I, I know that we're gonna be chatting for 45 minutes to an hour, but the truth is we could chat for 45 hours and I would be energized. So that's the reality of it. Yet, if we spoke for 45 hours about a topic that I had no passion about, or if we spoke for four minutes about a topic that I had no passion about, I'd be completely drained. You'd be completely drained. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my hardest um, things uh, to small talk. <laughs> I I suck at small talking because I want to, and I think it's I I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but now when you have a podcast, I get to have this amazing conversations and then you meet your everyday people and you, you have this, boring conversations about the weather and the wind, which I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> so how do you, what can we say to people that want to have better conversations? They want to go a little bit deeper. What are some good questions to ask in, you know, in everyday life to build better, you know, and deeper relationships with people? So Peter, I'm actually going to uh, give a very unpopular and, um, I'm going to say something that you probably don't hear very often, which is I actually love small talk. I'm actually a big fan of small talk. I wrote an article 
believe it was in Forbes a couple of years ago, called How to Sell Big Through Small Talk. And I give a similar talk to audiences, specifically around small talk and why we should embrace small talk and love small talk. And I can answer your question about how we can go deeper or we can talk about small talk. You tell me. Let's do both because <laughs> that, that's the cool thing about having a, a podcast and meeting with other people. Before, I was so stuck in my own ways, uh, but now I, I want to learn. I want to grow. So hopefully by the end of this conversation, I have changed my mindset around that as well. I, I love that, Peter. I, that's, I think that's awesome. And I think that's admirable. It's, that's really cool. Um. My perspective on small talk really ties into what I just shared with you and with your listeners, which is that if you're someone who is deeply interested in other people, then small talk is really just a tool to initiate conversation with other people. The best way to view small talk is to shift your perspective and ask yourself, what is it that the person that I'm talking to is interested in? So, Peter, let's pretend that you and I had never met and that you and I know nothing about each other. We're now meeting for the first time at an event. Let's also pretend that events are now back and allowed. So we have to, I know this is a big leap of faith. So we're at an event. We're meeting now for the first time, which is actually the reality. You and I met at a little bit, kind of a mixer. Um, and I am interested in getting to know you. I don't know you, but I'm interested in getting to know you because I'm interested in people. I'm interested in building relationships. I'm interested. Now, in my case, I'm intrinsically interested in people. Let's pretend one of your listeners isn't intrinsically interested in people, but they're interested in building their book of business. They're interested in becoming more successful. To become more successful in life, you need to know more people. You need to build relationships. You're I'm repeating a line that I'm sure everyone's heard a million times, but you know your network is your net worth. You need to know people and you need to build meaningful relationships with people. Now, at the end of the day, if Peter doesn't care at all about baseball, but I care about baseball and I talk about Peter about baseball and about the angels and Hey, the Angels just acquired a relief pitcher. And before that, they acquired a shortstop. And we need some starting pitching. Peter is bored out of his mind because he doesn't care about baseball. He's, he's zoned out and he's thinking about whatever's next. Maybe he's thinking about what his wife's making him for dinner. Maybe he's thinking about his workout the next morning. Maybe he's thinking about his next podcast guest. Maybe he's thinking about what time he's going to sleep. He's definitely not thinking about me and our relationship and our conversation. But if I'm able to engage Peter on a topic that he's interested in, all of a sudden, he's going to be engaged in me. He's going to be interested in this conversation, in this moment, in the present. So it's extremely important for me to engage Peter on his terms, not on my terms. My terms are baseball. That's what I'm interested in. Or, or 30 minute mentors or whatever else that I want to talk about. But what is Peter interested in? So we could practice this, Peter. 
Peter, uh, where are you from? And I'm from Sweden. Really interesting. How long have you been in the U.S.? Yeah, about I think it's about four or five years. Or so that's it. Interesting. What brought you here? I love the sun, the people. You know. What What do you do? And I I'm in real estate, and I do this podcast called the I Love Success Podcast, where I interview amazing people and share their stories. Okay, pull a Zach Morris. You freeze. So right now, over the course of 20 seconds, yeah. I've learned a lot about Peter that I could potentially engage Peter on. And these are all topics that involve Peter, involve his life story, involve his journey, involve his work that we could talk about. We could talk about Sweden. Now, let's pretend I know something about Sweden. I could start talking mm-hmm. about Sweden. Peter, did you, uh, what are your thoughts on Timo Solani? <laughs> yeah, I mean he he's Finnish, but he's he's a good hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I know? So apparently I don't know too much about Sweden. <laughs> All right, so let's move on yeah. to the next one. So the point is you can you can kind of go uh real estate, podcast, sun, yeah. whatever the area is that you where you have some level of commonality, find that area where it no longer becomes boring small talk. Find that area where you can actually build rapport, engage, where you can go deep. So it isn't just small talk. The small talk, Peter, is that 30 seconds of 20 seconds, or maybe it's maybe it takes three minutes for us to figure out where that commonality is. But we could talk about real estate, we could talk about sun, we could talk about podcasting. In in our case, I know that Peter is really into fitness and really into working out and really into sports. Peter and I could talk about that for hours. What is it that you have that you're interested in and you need to figure that out about the, with the person that you're trying to engage? So do it on their terms, do it on their turf, and it's not small talk anymore. I love that. Yeah. I, I think um, when you when you genuinely listen to somebody people appreciate that right and people want to everybody wants to talk about themselves and and their their passions so uh, that makes total sense and i think that's that's a great lesson for me and i hope uh, people that are watching and listening this also uh, can get better at that because looking at the best relationships in life they start with two people connecting and and saying hello uh, that's how you start getting to know people, right? And I've also learned I need to learn a little bit more about hockey. It's clearly yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so by talking to all these people uh, that are successful, I, I, I study success pretty much uh, and I'm, I'm wondering and I'm starting to learn that success and happiness are not always walking hand in hand. So I want to get your perspective on that. What's your definition of success, happiness, and do they align? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And the first thing that I think is important is to recognize that my definition of success can be different than your definition of success. My definition of success can be different than 
the different than the definition of anyone listening to this podcast. I think it's for first and foremost important for anyone tuning in to set a definition of success because you need to understand what it is you're going for in life. You have one life and it's your life to live. It's not my life to live. I can't live life for you. I can't tell you how to define success for yourself. I can tell you how I define success for me, but you need to firstly define success and understand that it's a very individual decision. I define success in a way that's different than most people define success. Uh, it's not the way that it's defined in business school. I define success as the net positive impact that one can make in the lives of others. So the way that I look at it is, am I able to positively impact every person who I come across? And it's not easy to, but if I can do that successfully, I will hopefully have lived a successful life. And there are lots of different things that we do in our life that give us the opportunity to positively impact others. Um, can kind of tick through them, but you know, our, our clearly professionally, we have a opportunity to positively impact the lives of others. Personally, we have the opportunity to positively impact the lives of others um, through my podcast, through my writing, through my speaking, hopefully being a guest on this podcast, anyone tuning in and listening to some of the things that we're talking about, some of these themes, some of the tips, some of the advice, hopefully there's one thing that I say in this conversation that anyone listening can take back to their lives and it will make a positive impact. Through my podcast, 30 Minute Mentors, my goal is for anyone listening to any episode to be able to bring something back, at least one thing, hopefully more, hopefully 20 things, but ideally at least one thing that you could take back to your life or to your career and have it positively impact you. And as an entrepreneur, we have the opportunity to positively impact others, positively, positively impact our employees, positively impact our customers. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not married. I don't have any kids, but being an uncle, I have the ability to positively impact my niece and nephew. I have the ability to positively impact my siblings, those around me. So that's how I look at it. Now, again, my definition of success is not the definition of success, but it's the way that I approach life. And how about happiness? Do you think uh, happiness and success are the same thing? Do they walk hand in hand? Or what's your, your take on that? Yeah, um, I think the question of happiness is a little bit more challenging. Uh, it's a question that, that I actually ask my guests as well. But uh, my, my answer goes back to um, 
the advice that I gave a little bit earlier, which is I think that it's important to find something in life that gives you personal fulfillment and that allows you to make a positive impact in the world. So, and ideally do it in a way where you're utilizing your skill set and your talent. So going back to some advice that I shared a couple minutes ago, anyone listening to this podcast, and this is something I tell just about every audience I speak to. Number one, find something that you're good at. Number two, find something that you're passionate about. Number three, find something that will make a positive impact in the lives of others. And if you do that, I believe that you will find happiness because you will find fulfillment. You will find personal fulfillment in what you do and you will find fulfillment in the impact that you're making. How important is growth in life? Um, I, I wrote a book about goal settings and uh, I write a lot about these subjects and I have been setting goals basically my whole life and become very good at working with goals and achieving them. But I also realized that sometimes when I'm too focused on a goal, I tend to miss the present because I'm always working towards this goal. And when I achieve it, it's like you celebrate for a minute or two and then what's next? Uh, so I don't know if it's a curse or a blessing. And I know that a lot of high achievers are experiencing the same thing. Uh, so I, I wanted to get your take and idea on, on goal setting. I think goal setting is extremely important. I think it's uh, unfortunate to live life aimlessly. I think it's really important for all of us to set clear goals in our life. And it's also important to understand that our goals can change. So something that I tell people is set goals, but set them with pencil because it's important not to be a prisoner of your goals. A goal that you set at age 15 could be the wrong goal for you at age 30. A goal that you set at age 30 could be the wrong goal for you at age 50. We grow, we evolve, we change. Our perspectives change. Our values may change. Certainly our worldviews can change. Our life circumstances can change. So it's imperative to have a set of values, to set goals, but at the same time, not to be a prisoner of them. And to your point of tethering your value to meeting goals, I do agree with you that that is the wrong approach to living life. Uh, I do think that there's uh, something extremely important in living in the moment, appreciating the now, again, trying to strive for something, trying to reach for something, but at the same time, recognizing that there's beauty in the process. How do you find that balance? 
Uh, I think that's 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 the hardest thing for me because if I set goals, I'm relentless. I work so hard towards them. And then a lot of times I do achieve them, but I also feel bad because during that time period, I neglected other things and I sometimes forgot to, you know, stop and smell the flowers. And I, I know I'm not the only one in this and I'm really trying to find that you know, balance and, and kind of realizing that maybe being number one or hitting very high target is not always the best. Maybe a little bit lower targets and more enjoyment is actually more success. Uh, but I can't wrap my head around that. Uh, and I'm still trying to figure that out. So I'm curious what you have learned um, in, in that regards. Yeah, I, I think that it's important to remind yourself to take a step back and that should be part of your daily routine in some shape, form, or fashion. A lot of people talk about the importance of meditation and meditation can mean different things to different people. But however you do it, I think it's really, really important to every single day, Take a step back and remember what this is all about. Take a moment to smell the roses. Take a moment to have some perspective. And in my case, sometimes it's literally just a moment that I do that. But I do try to do that every day. And I would recommend that to other people as well. And what's your why? Like, why is this so important for you? I think it's really important to understand that leadership isn't just about making individuals better. It's about making everyone better. A great leader has great impact on every person in his or her organization. And depending on what kind of organization that is, if that's a country, we're talking about 300 million people. We could be talking about the world. So leadership is as important as anything I think we're seeing right now with this global health crisis. It's more important than anything. So what I'm trying to do is bring together the best insights from the best leaders out there, make them accessible to a broad audience of listeners. Do it in a way that's easily consumable, 30 minute pieces every week. And my goal really is that anyone tuning in to my podcast, anyone consuming my content, whether they're listening, whether they're reading, I have other things um, I'm working on, anyone who attends any of my talks. My goal really is for anyone engaging in any of my content to ultimately become a better leader. Because again, you become a better leader, that will enhance your life, that will make you more successful. I know your show, Peter, is all about success. And yes, it's extremely important for each and every one of us to try to figure out how we can become as successful as possible. But 
when you become a great leader, you're making everyone around you all that more successful. And that's what I'm really focused on. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to go a little bit deeper and ask uh, something personal. And that is, what was the hardest moment in your life? And how did that change you? And what did you learn from that? It's a good question. And honestly, I don't know that uh, I can answer it because I would really need to think about it. Um, I, I don't know. I would probably have to sit down with a psychiatrist and psychologist and dig deep on that. But uh, look, we've all had hard moments in, in all phases of our life. Um, I, I've certainly had hard moments in my professional life, uh, many, many hard moments. Um, but in fairness, the hard moments that I've experienced are nothing compared to the hard moments that so many other people have experienced. So I don't mean this as a dodge, but I mean this, uh, I think there, there are really two important points to bring out. Important point is everyone faces adversity, everyone faces hardship, everyone faces failure. And I'm no different. I've obviously faced a ton of failure in my professional life. Um, you know, in my personal life, I, I fail all the time. And I think we need to understand that failure is just a part of the process and not to let it destroy us, but instead to view failure as an opportunity to learn and to grow. Um, but at the same time, to maintain perspective, because particularly in times like these, it's important to recognize how fortunate we are and to really put the quote unquote suffering that we have in, in perspective. And you know, when you ask a question like that, I look around and see the public health crisis that we're in and whatever struggles I've had, you know, starting businesses that have failed or, you know, struggling in this way or that way, nothing compared to someone being on a ventilator. Um, so I just, you know, I, I struggle answering that question. Thank you for, for sharing that. And let's let's move on to, to something different. And uh, people that have had a rough year this year and they maybe they've lost their job, there's a lot of changes going on and there's some hardship which has caused reflection and they're listening to this show right now and they want to start going after their passions, their dreams, but they don't know where to start. They feel lost. They, they don't know what the first step is. Uh, what, what would you say they could do to get that you know, ball rolling? Yeah, uh, Peter, great question. And I'm sure it's a question that lots and lots of people out there are asking. And the first thing you can do, the first thing anyone can do who's feeling lost, who's not sure where to start, who's not sure where to go, is to start small. To recognize that Rome wasn't built in a day, that Bill Gates didn't become Bill Gates overnight. 
none of us have attained any level of the success that we've attained overnight. It's a process, it's a journey, and it starts with the first step. So no matter what it is you wanna do, if you wanna get into great shape, it starts by going to the gym one day, and then a second day, and then a third day, and then a fourth day, and making it a part of your routine and making it a part of your life. If you wanna learn a language, you're not gonna learn it in a day. No matter what it is you wanna achieve in life, it starts by starting. And the only way you're going to achieve anything is by recognizing that you've got to take baby steps. And I would add another piece of advice, which is take something on that you really want to do. Take something on that has meaning to you. Take something on that you've always wanted to do. Because if you're doing something for the wrong reasons, if you're doing something because someone else told you to do it, or you're trying to live life on someone else's terms, or you think this is what you should be doing, but you don't necessarily feel it in your gut, when the going gets tough, are you going to stick it out? So when you're trying to figure out what to take on, take something on that you really deep down want, that you have that burning passion for. And don't be afraid because we all fail. We all fall down. I have never done anything in my life without failing. And there are obstacles in everything we do. And we just need to keep pushing forward and recognize that we're in this together. The support is out there. There are plenty of resources for anyone trying to figure out how to do anything. There are lots of people out there to help you along the way. So don't be afraid. And what if you don't believe in yourself and you don't have the support in your you know, your family or your friends, like how, how do you break through that barrier and take that first step? Yeah, I think it's important to do two things. Number one is dig deep and figure out, this goes back to something we touched on really early on in our conversation, but figure out what it is that makes you special. There are plenty of things that we're bad at. That's not hard to figure out. I know we're nearing the end of our conversation, but we could spend twice, three times, four times, five times, as long as we've already spoken, just me ticking off all the things that I'm bad at. But dig deep and figure out what it is that you're great at. Each and every one of us has that. We have that superpower. Don't be discouraged. Just because objectively we're bad at so many things doesn't mean that we don't have that one thing that makes us special. Figure out what it is about you that makes you special. 
And if you don't have the right support system, go out and find it. Spend time with people who are going to lift you up. You are the people who you surround yourself with. And go out and find that. Go out and seek that. And there's a longer answer there. There's a whole conversation there. But it starts with a desire to surround yourself with people who are going to uplift you rather than people who are going to bring you down. Thank you so much, Adam. Any final words before I let you go? <laughs> you know, this was a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. This was a ton of fun. I know I said in the beginning that we could talk about this for 45 hours and yeah. mean it. This is awesome. Anyone interested in continuing the conversation? Anyone interested in listening to 30-Minute Mentors? You can subscribe, listen on your favorite podcasting app, whatever app you're listening to this great podcast on, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or you can go to 30minutementors.com. You can uh, follow me on social media at Adam Mendler, just my name, uh, or you can engage at adammendler.com. So I try to make it pretty easy. Peter, this was a pleasure. This was an honor. Thank you. And thank you to everyone listening in. Thank you so much. And thank you guys uh, who are still here listening and watching to this show. I mean, there's, it's a big ask nowadays for, to ask someone for 45 to an hour um, to listen, but I, I don't want to shorten my conversations because I want to go deep. I want to make it raw and I, I want you to be here still. It means like you have a desire to change and uh, we have a desire to be part of that journey. So thank you so much. Uh, if you want a couple of free chapters of my book in order to set those goals, go to the I Love Success, uh, ilovesuccess.co. There's also more than 200 amazing conversations uh, there which you can enjoy. And it's all for free. It's all uh, for you to enjoy. The only request I have is that you share this with somebody that needs to hear this message and that you, you help us grow and help more people. So thanks again and see you guys next week. 